Would you agree with me that Christ-centered family ministry is needed today more than ever before? You don't need to look far to understand why Family Shield's work is needed. God's Word and Christianity are under attack. Biblical marriage is under attack. Life issues are under attack. God's Word tells us as Christians that we must stand firm from Ephesians 6.14 and use God's Word, which is the sword of the Spirit. As we educate and equip people to know Christ— grow in his word, and learn to talk about topics like biblical concept of marriage, we want to help our listeners do this in a calm and caring way. The ultimate goal is always to equip them to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ so people are transformed. Why? Because Christ offers his forgiveness to all people. It is a free gift from God. Won't you join hands with us? This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and host for today's program. I'm in the studio by myself today. We're going to talk about how to use the full armor of God and spiritual warfare. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss today's program. Well, you and I know God created two institutions, the family first and then the church And both of them are under attack in today's world. Committed Christians who are concerned about proclaiming the gospel message of Jesus Christ, or we might call it the Great Commission, to an unsaved world are going to be in a spiritual battle. Today we're going to talk about God's armor, how to rely upon God's power, not our own, and how to use the sword of the Spirit and prayer as we stand firm in today's world. What does God's Word say about the spiritual battle? Although spiritual warfare is talked about in many places in God's Word, I think Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 has the most to say about it. And I want to read those verses and then make some comments related to phrases that are in this. So it begins, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God, that you may stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm." Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith, which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in chains, 
that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now that, what I just read was Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, uh, a summary of what God's word says about spiritual warfare and his armor and weapons. He talks about both his defensive armor and his offensive weapons. And we're going to talk about both. Congregations must partner with the home and help children, parents, grandparents, and church leaders understand the enemy and how to stand firm in the face of attack. Did you notice how many times that verse said, stand firm? Let's first talk about who the enemy is. Our enemy is not just Satan. The enemy is the world or our culture that we live in, and that has had a great impact on many people. We see that through media's influence and some of the changes that have happened in our world. It does change our minds when we only look at what the culture says. The enemy is also our flesh, our own sinful nature. It's just easier not to do what God's word says. It's more fun for some people just to uh, go away from what God's word said. And the enemy is certainly also the devil or Satan. I heard once a lady say to me, well, the devil made me do it. It's really important for us to understand as Christians that it isn't always the devil's fault. Sometimes it's our own sinful nature causing us to sin. So we need to, when it's us, we need to be confessing our sins to the Lord and asking for his forgiveness. He will forgive us, but we need to recognize that we can't always blame Satan. The problems in our lives sometimes are our own. At other times, it is spiritual warfare. So let me talk just a minute about how families are under attack today. What are issues we face today related to our families and individuals as well? Certainly, homosexuality and same-sex marriage is being promoted today. Although God's word is clear that homosexuality is a sin. It's interesting to me that the cultural debate doesn't ever seem to talk about that fact anymore. In the next few weeks, we're going to do a two-part series on uh, that topic. Uh, another issue that we've been f- battling for many years is the life issue. Many people promote abortions, but we know God's word says that uh, those babies, even in the womb, are precious to God, and we need to continue to believe and promote that fact. As I looked at some statistics, I just pulled out a few. 80% of couples in America now live together before marriage. Again, a lot of that has to do with the world and our culture, not necessarily the devil or Satan. One third of those couples have children before marriage. Addictions are on the rise. It's not just alcoholism today. It's also drugs and internet pornography. All of those things are increasing. Again, a lot of that has to do with the world and our culture and what we see on TV that has uh, desensitized us to some of those things that we used to know were wrong. 4.9 million grandparents are raising their grandchildren today, many of them because their children are on drugs or alcohol or just aren't interested or willing to raise those grandchildren and so many more challenges that families face. I could go on and on, but I just wanted to give a few examples. 
but the church is also under attack. In a recent Family Shield Express newsletter, it's a print newsletter that we send out just once a year, I shared the following statistics. The United States is now the third largest mission field in the world. The only other countries with more unbelievers are India and China. The United States is going through an unprecedented change in religious practices. Large numbers of American adults are disaffiliating themselves from Christianity and organized religion. 76.5% or 159 million Americans identify themselves as Christians. This is a major shift from 86.2% in 1990. Identification with Christianity has suffered a loss of 9.7% in 11 years. Nearly one in five Americans say they're atheists or nothing in particular. And that's from the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. Today we call those the nuns. You'll be hearing more about that just so you know what that means. Nothing in particular. Five years ago, adults who claimed no religion made up about 15% of our population. This is a seismic shift from 40 years ago when about 7% of the American adults said they had no religious affiliation. One-third of those ages 18 to 22 are religiously unaffiliated today. Again, a lot of this hasn't to do with Satan as much as our culture and what they have heard over and over on television and in the Internet. The most recent George Barna research said that the leading influences in American societies today are movies, television, the Internet, books, music, public policy and law, and the family. The Christian church, his research shows, is no longer among the top influencers these days. The good news in all that bad news is that the family is still a leading influencer. Working together, we can reach and equip individuals and their families for Christ, and it will only happen as we work together. So I want to talk a little bit more about what Ephesians 6 10 to 20 said, and one of the things it says is that Satan has schemes. How do we help individuals and families recognize the schemes of the devil? Let's talk about that. Satan uses deception. He is the father of lies. He deceives many into believing non-biblical truths, and that is surely true. Satan uses subtle means to get us to put family, job, material things, sports, our power before the Lord. So it's often the very subtle, subtle, little things that make those changes. Satan wants us to doubt our faith and be confused about spiritual issues. Satan continues to put temptations of the flesh, materialism, negatives, Uh, media's negative influence, conflict, and family problems in our path. So how do we resist and stand firm in the face of attack? Again, we need to learn what God says about defensive armor and his offensive weapons. His armor protects us. Now, what I did with this verse when I did a two-hour Bible study is I took just a few of the terms from, from Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, 
And then I cross-referenced them with other Bible verses because a lot of times I've heard people say, well, those verses about spiritual warfare don't even talk about Jesus or the gospel or, you know, our sin and, and how we're saved. And I think they're wrong based on this because the Bible interprets itself. And so I took, I'm going to just use this first one as an example. Gird our loins with truth. I focused on the word truth. And I looked up other verses that talk about truth. So this is what I want to do. I'm going to just read these other verses and quote the verse, just so you can see how it does talk about Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, from John 14, 6. So it is so clear that he is the truth and that no one can come to the Father, God the Father, except through Jesus. And in Psalm 119, it says, thy word is truth. Again, the word of God is true. We don't change it. We have to believe it. And uh, John 8 says, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Just so many verses about truth. And in Ephesians 4.15, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And then in 1 John 1, 8, remember that the truth is not in us. We are sinners in need of forgiveness. So that was one uh, part of the Ephesians six sixteen focused on the word truth. The next part is put on the breastplate of righteousness. And uh, just before I get started, I'm going to make a few announcements. But we want to remember what I hear people say is, okay, it's all about our righteousness. And no, that's not true. It's all about Jesus Christ's righteousness, not ours. So it's not something we do. We always remember that Christ is the righteous one. I'm going to come back to that verse, though. I want to just make a couple announcements before we continue talking about um, God's armor and weapons. As Family Shield Ministries moves toward the end of our fiscal year, we are still in need of financial support. Please prayerfully consider sending a gift of any amount this month and join us in asking the Lord to provide the funds needed. We know some of you can't afford to support us, but we do encourage your prayers because God knows who can support us. And uh, we just are asking him to uh, help us uh, with the funds that we need. You can send comments about the program or a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Remember, gifts are tax deductible as allowed by law. We are a, a nonprofit ministry. And you can also give a gift through PayPal through our website. We encourage you to sign up to receive our free email newsletter on the website, www.familyshieldministries.com. And we also want to mention to you that we now have our archive, archive page of farmer programs for over a year and a half 
on our website under radio. So if you look on the website and see a link for radio, there is a place there where you can click on it and hear our programs from the last year and a half. I want to go back to my topic. Again, uh, put the breastplate of righteousness on, and that's the verse and the word that I focused on as I cross-reference God's word about righteousness. So in Romans 5, 6, and 8, it says, Christ died for us while we were still sinners, not because we were righteous, good, and perfect. It is always focused on Christ righteousness. And in Titus 3, 4, and 5, it said, God our Savior made us fit for heaven, not because of the good things we have done, but because of his love for us. And in Psalm 111, Splendid and majestic is his work. His righteousness endures forever. So Jesus is the perfect one. He never sinned. He is righteous, and he gave his life for us. In Romans 5, it says, So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. So again, Christ's righteousness. From 1 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And uh, we strive, yes, we do strive to live that righteous life. But when we fail, we have a Savior who will forgive us. He died for our sins, not just the past sins, but the present and even our future sins. His blood covers our sins. The next phrase that I used from that Ephesians Ephesians 6 was take up the shield of faith. Now, you probably all are aware that our name, Family Shield Ministries, is based on Ephesians 6, 16. If you're not... Now you know. God is our shield, and he gives us the shield of faith. We have a little lapel pin that we have uh, available, and it's the shield with a cross in the middle and then the family in the center of the cross because we believe families must be in the center, not over on the side, not go to church just on a Sunday, but on a day-to-day basis. The cross is in the center of our lives. Um, there's a little bit of information that I have about the Roman cross, uh, the Roman shield. I thought it was interesting, so I'm going to uh, share it. As we talk about the shield of faith, it protected the Roman sh- soldiers. The typical Roman shield was about the size and shape of a small door, ap- approximately two and a half feet by four feet. It was made of wood and covered with leather or linen and soaked with pitch to extinguish flaming arrows. That's where the verse comes from. A group of soldiers could form an impenetrable wall by standing shoulder to shoulder with their shields side by side. They could even put a roof over them by holding their shields over their heads. With enough soldiers, they could form a house with four walls and a roof. Roman soldiers practiced together and could even move in formation. This provided for protection for the entire group in situations where one or two two alone would have been nearly defenseless. The Roman shield is a good illustration of living the Christian life. 
Our faith is the pitch that quenches the flaming missiles of the evil one. Our faith in God protects us because God keeps his promises. The next phrase from those Ephesians verses is take up the helmet of salvation. In Acts 4, we read, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved, and that name is Jesus. We are saved because of Jesus Christ. You, however, continue in the things you have learned, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy three fourteen and 15. Um, and there's lots of great verses from about Timothy and how his mother and grandmother passed on the faith to him. And then Romans 1, 16, one of my favorite verses, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The next phrase that I focused on is shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel brings peace. It doesn't seem to in today's world, does it? Peace in the midst of trouble, peace in the family, and peace in the church. I like to write this when I'm speaking in front of a group, and it's hard to do it on air. But I love this little phrase, know Christ, N-O, know peace. R, change the word no to K-N-O-W, know Christ, know peace. Peace in the midst of challenges. And that's kind of what individuals that focus on God's word have. They, they know the peace of God even in difficult times. We need to learn to share the gospel of peace and to have peace in our lives. And it's a process. It doesn't always happen immediately. Now, we've been talking about the defensive armor of God, but now we're going to transition to the uh, offensive weapons God has provided us. It just seems to me too many people uh, worry and are afraid of spiritual warfare, but God's word tells us not to be afraid. In fact, just the other day on Facebook, I forwarded uh, a little um, ad about how many times God's word says, don't be afraid. And I believe it said 365 times enough for once a day. And we probably as Christians need to be reminded of that at least once a day, don't we? But what are the offensive weapons God has provided us? Most importantly, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart from Hebrews 4.12. Great verse. God's word is so important. We need to know it. We need to understand it. We need to be reading it regularly. And uh, I know sometimes it's hard for people. If we can't understand it on our own, then we should get involved in a regular Bible study. Um, How did Jesus use the word in his encounters with the devil? Let me read that. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, 
command that these stones become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, remember God's word, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels charge concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, God's word it is written, you shall not put the Lord, your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Remember, Satan is a liar. He didn't have those worlds to give to Jesus and Jesus knew it. Don't let him lie to you and deceive you into believing things that are not true. Why do you think so many Christians spend so much of their time on defense rather than offense? Use the word of God. It's interesting to me how many times people say, don't use God's word. It might offend them. Use the word of God. That is how we deal with spiritual warfare. And again, I already mentioned why is fear the wrong motivation for spiritual warfare? Because God's word says, do not be afraid. 365 times in the Bible. Another thing we need to be doing is praying. Prayer is, according to God's word, an offensive weapon. And then we need to witness and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth. This is Paul writing to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, of which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. From Ephesians 6, toward the end of, uh, I think it's 18 and 19. I don't have it written down here. So we need to witness with boldness, but also with love and compassion and concern. We need to share the law and gospel and invite those that we meet that don't know him to place their faith in Jesus Christ. I've talked a lot of times on the program about building a relationship with people so they trust you and listening to them and all of the things that go with that. But uh, it's important. And let me just, as we close the program today, maybe some of you are listening that don't know Christ as your Savior and Lord. Confess your sins and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and uh, make you a new person. I just recently listened to an atheist testimony, uh, and it was so awesome to hear. I'm going to get him on air pretty soon. It took him a long time and many people witnessing to him. But uh, I want to just let you know again, you can learn more about Family Shield at www.familyshieldministries.com. Again, this is Kay Meyer. I'm the president of Family Shield Ministries, and we do need your prayers and your support. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield. <laughs>